0: breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. Welcome to the Veterans Path Podcast. Today, my guest is fellow Navy SEAL and Executive Director for the C-4 Foundation, Nick Norris. The C4 Foundation provides support and resources through science-based programs to active duty Navy SEALs and their families. Nick is also the co-founder and CEO of Protect Products, a wellness company that is committed to positively impacting customer health via both personal care products and nutritional supplements. Both Protect and the C4 Foundation value the power of time spent in the outdoors and the positive impact it has on overall overall well-being. which as you know, is right in line with what we teach at Veteran's Path. So, all that out of the way, here we go. All right, Nick, welcome to the show, bud.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you, man. I'm excited for the show, excited to catch up, and then also just excited to share your journey with our listeners. Uh, so, the bio we went through, um, but, you know, a little bit more about you. Let's uh, Let's dig a little bit more into that. Your, uh, your time in the Navy we'll get all, on to all that but what kind of uh, what kind of childhood did you have what brought you into the Navy what dis- what made you decide that this was a route that you wanted
1: to take so I I actually I had a, a very loving childhood um, I grew up in South Chicago I had uh, two younger brothers uh, my dad was a Chicago firefighter nice. and my mom my mom uh, Sold residential real estate and was home a lot, taking care of us. Um, but you know, for for all intents and purposes, I had a very uh, happy childhood. Uh, we grew up in a Roman Catholic uh, kind of blue collar neighborhood in Chicago. Um, I I originally started off in uh, the public school system, doing in, in like a like a gifted magnet program. Uh, so I was like the the dorky smart kid. Uh, from like kindergarten through sixth grade, I went to like the school that like you know the the kids at the uh, at the Catholic school like probably made fun of. Um, uh, so, and I don't think I've talked about that ever really uh, in interviewing or, or doing podcasts. But uh, yeah, I did that. Um, and and then I transferred into uh, seventh grade at the local Catholic school, and then started playing. I played football, believe it or not, for like a couple years before I determined the fact that I am too small to be <laughs> successful at that sport. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so like, yeah, I took a turn from like public schools to the Catholic school. Um, and, and then ultimately that sent me uh, to uh, a all boys Catholic high school in Chicago. I got into wrestling. Wrestling has been a cornerstone in my life, you know, um, from like a discipline standpoint. And kind of uh, in in like self discipline standpoint, it it was something that I leaned on, and I think it was very formidable in in my path into the military and the SEAL teams. You know, I knew I knew I wanted to be in the military, and and funny enough, I I knew I wanted to be a SEAL probably since like sixth or seventh grade. Wow! But right when I made that transition, like my dad had always been a very hard worker. He was an athlete he got me working out doing like calisthenics at a young age. And like, I was always inspired to like, commit to myself to be better because I I didn't think like I was the best athlete. Right. I was like at this, you know, this public school with a bunch of kids that were really smart and we really didn't focus on athletics. And, uh, but I knew that I was disciplined, you know, I had been very disciplined in school. So like my dad, um, you know, always instilled that in me and, you know, I had a good friend of mine tell me about the SEAL teams. I think he was just way into the military growing up and uh, it just stuck in my head. And it was like, okay, I can, I can control that. Uh, I can control that path. I can commit to being very self-disciplined and get myself in the right mindset and, and physical shape to pursue that. So I think from that point, you know, I, I went into high school. I started wrestling, namely because I'm like, this is a great sport. It's going to be difficult for me and uh, it's gonna make me a tougher better version of myself uh more prepared to to potentially enter the military
0: nice yeah i mean the the wrestlers have a pretty good success record of going through buds and and through the naval academy uh so you know what you learned in wrestling transferred directly into into life and then yeah for sure into into what you did in the navy so at what point did you decide to decide you know what i want to go to annapolis and and pursue the officer route
1: right so initially i mean there's probably a lot of us man that you know went the officer route that were are thinking about just enlisting and getting the buds and going yeah. into the teams uh, and i was not different <laughs> by any means yeah i was the same way my parents are the ones that said we really would appreciate it if you you went to college uh, you know, first we spent all this money on, on private high school for you. Yeah. And I, I originally applied for an ROTC scholarship. I got accepted to the Citadel. I had a cousin of mine who graduated from the Citadel and flew F-14s in the Navy. And I was, I was basically terminal. I was going to go to the Citadel. I got a, uh, I picked up a ROTC scholarship and I had applied to the Naval Academy, got accepted, but I didn't have a nomination uh, all the way up until maybe four weeks prior to i day. Wow. Uh, so it was super late in the game. I mean it was like the whatever the cutoff was like I was it was the 11th <laughs> hour for me and i I received a nomination from uh, a congressman in Illinois and uh, you know I changed plans, kind of yeah. pivoted at the at the last moment. so uh, and then you know it was it was the right decision for me it was uh, it was a probability. Uh, game. I I yeah. figure more billets would be given to guys uh, in the officer program to go to buds out of the naval academy than if I went ROTC and I had to compete against the rest of the country. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, s- stacking the odds in my favor.
0: I have that conversation quite often with with people who are considering going into the teams into the navy, uh, but specifically they want to go to the teams. They're like, hey, should I enlist? Should I go ROTC? should I go Naval Academy? And like, well, there's, there's a whole lot of different calculus depending on what your goals are. You know, if you want to be a door kicker, probably want to enlist. If you want to sure. be, <laughs> if you want to be an officer, which the analogy that I use is kind of like the, uh, the, on the sideline of the football field, that's where the coach is. That's kind of what I imagine the the officer as, and uh, you know, if that's what you want to be, then you want to go into the officer corps. And then between the officer corps, if you want to go, um, to be a seal, you should try to get to Annapolis because their, their success rate is very high and they have the, the higher number of billets um, success rate, not because we're better people, but because we're surrounded by other people who are wanting to do the same mm. goals. And that's, that helps us to build that foundation, but that's I not what this show is about. So I'll, <laughs> I'll stop I thinking. I
1: couldn't agree with you more though. That, that like, sir, you know, and it's a great segue into probably another facet of the conversation is just surrounding yourself with people that are better than you more talented than you. And, and I think that has been something I have committed to for the entirety of my life, you know, growing up, playing sports, uh, even in school, you know, being around people that are smarter than me, it's always been uh, a way for me to grow as an individual.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. What's the saying? Like you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with most so yeah, describe. and I
1: bring the average down every single time, John. <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt that. Man.
0: So okay, so you graduate the academy, you go out to to buds. What class were you?
1: I was two four seven.
0: Two four seven. Okay, so
1: you. Go and from we there. knew each. Uh, we we you were two years ahead of me. Uh yeah. So I had been looking up to you guys in '01 uh, as <laughs> and and you and all the all your classmates. So I'm. I'm friends with a bunch of the guys. Maybe the rest you- of the
0: guys you should have looked up to. This guy, <laughs> dude, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe I have really bad imposter syndrome, but I, when I got selected, I was like, I can't believe I'm amongst this amazing <laughs> So But anyway, um, yeah, so you go out, buds, you know, we don't need to rehash that. I think I've t- touched on that in several episodes, but you go out to the SEAL teams. What was your time in the SEAL teams like?
1: Uh, So probably a bit atypical. Um, I was at SEAL Team 3 in uh, 2005, 2006. So our deployment, my first deployment was to Western Iraq. And it was right when General Petraeus rolled out the counterinsurgency doctrine, uh, you know, getting outside of the armor, you know, uh, into the populace. And our typical, I mean, we were doing night raids. So we were doing uh, assaults, you know, at night with night vision and all that. But the lion's share of the combat that I saw was daytime combat. So we were partnered up with conventional, uh, namely for me and, and kind of the group that I was uh, associated with, it was a Marine Corps infantry element that was a uh, like a military transition team in Iraq. So I, I would go with like six or seven of, of my buddies from the platoon and we were conducting daylight presence patrols, sniper overwatch operations uh, in tandem or in support of battalion-sized maneuver elements uh, on the conventional side. So uh, much different than what I anticipated going into the SEAL teams. Uh, it was is a uh, it was a strange time. Um, we <laughs> we tried to, uh, and I think we effectively did bring the capabilities that our little special operations unit had to bear for those conventional units and and were able to, you know, I'd like to think, you know, save some lives and and be uh, impact players on the battlefield. But yeah, a lot of daylight combat uh, on my first deployment as a brand new officer who, who knew very little, uh, <laughs> you know, leaned a lot on the guys that were in my platoon that, you know, we, we, we had a relatively young platoon. We had guys that for the most part, only had one prior deployment under their belt, um, but tremendous group of guys, and, and yeah, we ended up doing a lot of that. And uh, you know, I, I returned with all of our guys, you know, alive um, and uh, and well for the most part. You know, unfortunately, you know, our sister troop was in Ramadi, and and they lost two guys on that deployment. Um, and and there's been a lot kind of written and, and spoken about that deployment sure. and, and that portion of our deployment.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there has been a lot written about it. And it's rightful that it's, it's written both for the the memory of those guys, but also for the lessons learned, mm-hmm. literally written in blood. And those lessons, uh, I, I believe are, are saving lives today. And then as far as your comment about you like to think that you helped to save lives. I guarantee what you guys were mm. doing helped to save lives. So thanks for, thanks for what you did. And then, um, I know that we've reconnected recently about, uh, what you're doing with the C4 foundation, which I want to get yep. into here shortly. But prior to that you had, um, a, a an introduction to mindfulness and meditation. And I know when we spoke just a few weeks ago, you said an hour a day, nothing gets in the way of that what brought you to meditation and mindfulness and what have been the benefits for you?
1: So I, I'd say uh, being in a, a low or a dark place in my life is what ultimately brought me to meditation. You know, I don't think any of us, at least from the SEAL community thought about meditation or were into meditation. I mean, there, there probably was the, uh, uh, the random, team guy that was way into meditation like when we were in but they're few and far between I mean we have a we have a very diverse population within our our small community Um, but yeah I you know I finished my time in the SEAL teams you know I had done uh, several other deployments I came back to shore duty uh, ran SEAL qualification training and and during that time you know I became a dad Uh, my daughter was born um, I lost a brother, I had a, a brother, a younger brother, my middle brother was killed in an inbounds avalanche. Uh, so oh, I had, wow. a, yeah, and and, and, and you know, so I, and, and outside of all the kind of combat experience and loss there, uh, you know, I just, I had to make a decision. And that was kind of like an exit point for me um, from the military, not because I didn't want to stay in the SEAL teams, I love the SEAL teams, I, even to this day, I mean, especially today you know in in my current state you know i I lean on the connection to my brothers from the teams more than anybody else i mean that yeah. that is what has elevated me to the place that I am right now um, but when I exited, um I think that I carried with me a lot of the grief loss, trauma, however you want to frame it, and i didn't I didn't really deal with it and and that stuff unfortunately we're really good we're professional compartmentalizers uh it, it, as seals but i think as combat veterans i think a lot of guys are good at compartmentalizing to be very uh, capable in their role as a combat leader or a you know uh, a combatant and i uh, i just never dealt with it and i i it caught up with me oh several years ago yeah, so it was it was probably I'd say 10, I mean, seven plus years after my last combat tour, maybe, maybe yeah, about seven years after my last tour, uh, I just was not feeling myself. And I, I've spoke extensively on this, uh, topic, you know, uh, initially I, I interviewed with Ferris and, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: I want to talk hey, about that offline.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I spoke, I, I came there not because of me. I, I came there because a mutual friend asked me if I would be okay talking about my struggles because I, you know, I mean, I, I probably am. And I, I, now I've come to find, I am very similar to, to most of the other guys out there. You know, yeah. the things that I was experiencing, I was, uh, I was downplaying them and saying, well, you know, I'm apathetic. I don't feel great. Like I get edgy and angry and, 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 you know, characteristics that weren't um, typical for me were emerging. And I had confided in a friend, that friend was friends with Tim. He set up the interview really as an opportunity just to speak on that platform to a much yeah. larger audience sure. to, to hopefully help people become a little bit more vulnerable and open to discussing it. And, and that was my intro to meditation. Uh, I you know tim is a huge advocate of meditation right and offline after our interview he he had given me a couple books that he he really cared about and uh suggested that i download uh waking up sam harris's app yep and and that's what i did and and that was the beginning of my meditation journey
0: nice man and so when you sat down to meditate for the first time maybe using that waking up app did you struggle at all with that
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first sitting was, maybe it's like five or 10 minutes. Um, and it's tough, right? I mean, like I, I sat down, I'm trying to think where I was, maybe I I, I sat down in my living room or something and, uh, and I just, it, it was very difficult for me to not get distracted and rational, want to rationalize a, a reason to stop, and go do something else, <laughs> yep. right? I'm like constantly go go go, like I'm prioritizing what I need to do, and I just want to like get it done. And right. sitting with my eyes closed on my couch, uh, <laughs> listening to my breath, and trying to like feel my fingers and my toes didn't seem like a productive use of my day.
0: Little uh, so did you yeah, know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> little yeah, yeah, little did I know. But yeah, I did. I definitely I struggled with it, and uh, I probably did. You know, I did the like the first 45 days of that particular program. Um, And then ultimately I, I started kind of my own practice. You know, Mm -hmm. I started to figure out, I started to get a rhythm and figure out what feels right to me, uh, what I appreciate the most uh, about portions of, of what I have been shown. And, you know, and I'm still doing that, right. I'm growing and I'm changing kind of what I'm focused on in practice and, right. Yeah, it's just an awesome, it's been an awesome path and an awesome experience to date.
0: Nice, man. And then what did you, what did you experience afterwards? What were the benefits that you started to see and how long was it before you started to actually realize that in your life?
1: Oh man. So I I think in that first month and a half, I just kind of gutted it out. Like, I didn't really experience much of it. I was just like, okay, this is fine. You know, it's a good, I I just, I, I'm i a good disciplined person. Like, I just stuck with it. I made the commitment to do it. So didn't really experience much. Uh, I'd say after that, I started to, I, I started to actually feel like I could sit and observe the thought patterns uh, that would come into my head. So I, it, it gave me a sense of control, um, which was unusual. You know, be prior to that, I I would say that it was probably just a kind of an uncontrollable kind of uh, stream of of different thoughts and urges and kind of uh, you know needs, wants, whatever you want to you know call it. And and at after about a month and a half or two months, I I started to be able to recognize some of the the thought patterns. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not eliminating thought by any means, because I am not, I don't know, I don't know if anybody's capable, I want to meet the person that's capable of just like going completely blank in meditation. That's like stopping
0: your heart from meeting it, you just can't do it, I mean, your mind, your brain is made (laughs) to think, right?
1: Right, but but I think that that uh, sense of you know, control where I, like I said, okay, I, I actually, I can control how I react to my thoughts. I'm able to at least see them coming and it's like, they slowed down. So it was like being able to kind of, uh, uh, look at a video, but then kind of slow it down to like half speed or quarter speed and I like see it coming. Right. And then be able to address it and see, okay. And, and I, you know, feel emotion, right? Like a certain thoughts come up, like, you know, the emotion surfacing, and as I've been meditating longer, I feel like I can actually see myself reacting to thought pattern and then adjusting my reaction uh, in a way that I think is going to be positive and productive, yep. uh, you know, and I, and I, I falter uh, at we times. We all do human, right? Especially right. Like when my kids, like, you know, my, my <laughs> kids are screaming, you know, my four-year-old's like going whining and he's yelling at his mom or something yep. like that. You know, it's very easy, right. To like. I get emotion surfaces, and like I'm not, sure. I'm I'm behind uh, the power curve in the OODA loop, right? I'm not making I'm not making the decision quick enough to yeah. to to beat the uh, you know the irrational or the or the unhealthy thoughts. Right,
0: uh, uh, dude, you, you're you're basically echoing my morning this morning. Uh, <laughs> my, my kids, I love them to death, obviously, uh, but they were Likewise. they were uh, they were having a, a time. I'll just say they were having a time this morning and uh and i got a little flustered and uh (laughs) my wife was like hey are you okay you you seem a little a little flustered this morning i was like yes i am and i recognized that and i was Uh like "I, i am flustered but that's the thing about practicing mindfulness and meditation if i hadn't been practicing if i'm not a practitioner i wouldn't have noticed that about myself and i would have probably and like i'm not flustered and then yeah uh, you know the situation would have escalated not only would my kids have been upset and me be upset or flustered by my kids but then my wife and i would have been going at it and i, was, I just said yes you're right let me process this <laughs> right <laughs> Step back so it's like you're telling me my morning this morning is pretty funny
1: <laughs> you know? we you know we hold ourselves uh, to the standard of uh, accountability you know, as, as, you know, former military officers, yet, I mean, I can't tell you how many years prior to, to kind of starting a meditation practice where, like, I wasn't accountable to myself for my own emotions, uh, reactions, behaviors, you know, in those, in those interactions with people that I love deeply, right, that are closer to me than anybody else, I would like, I would allow my emotions and my ego to be the best of me and, and, create these terrible dynamics.
0: Yeah, man, you hit on something great there, allowing your ego to take over. My ego and my pride has taken over a good portion of my life at times. And that, that is definitely something where I noticed I have more control now because I'm practicing. I I notice when my pride is taking over, you know, again, I'll, I'll use that example from this morning, if I had been proud and I said, no, I'm not flustered. And started to defend myself in an effort to just be right because that's Mm -hmm. what that's what we as military officers (laughs) like to do we like to be right and and don't and don't really consider what the situation is going to be even if we do prove ourselves right we're like okay did i i won that argument but did i really win in life right not because i hurt somebody (laughs) uh or you know sent something down the wrong path but yeah uh I, i love that you hit on that that's a that's a great point so how long have you been practicing regularly for then?
1: Uh, I would say I have been practicing almost two years now.
0: Nice. nice. Yeah,
1: or, 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 coming up on that. let do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's it's I mean, you know, just shy of two years. I'm sorry. Yeah. because yeah, I interviewed it. I interviewed with Tim. Um, so it would have been you know we're we're coming up like a year and a half or so. Uh, so it hasn't been that long, right? I mean, like I I hear, you know, I'm reading the book Altered Traits right now. I don't know if yeah. you've if if I so, haven't read it. I, you know a friend of mine inter, uh, introduced me to it, but it's a it, you know it basically is a study of meditation, all different types of meditation practices. Um, nice. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm reading Altered Traits and I'm listening about all these studies of you know expert meditators that have like 30,000 lifetime hours of practice (laughs) or something. And I, I start to do the math and I'm like, yeah, like, I feel like I'm pretty committed, right? I'm like, I, in the beginning you said like, Hey, I I'm sitting for an hour every day, like it's a commitment to myself. And I start to think I'm like, well, an hour a day is 360 hours a year, (laughs) which basically means I have to meditate every single day consistently for the rest of my life and i'm not even kind of scratching the surface yeah of, of what some of these people have accomplished
0: well we're all on our own journey i mean sure uh, with, uh, with veterans path <laughs> uh, i am definitely the most junior meditator if you will uh-huh. uh, we've got we've got teachers who have been meditating for decades and uh and i'm pretty close to what you are probably about three and a half four years uh meditating regularly and I'll admit, I'm not, I'm not as committed as you. An hour a day, I, I don't get. I get 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes after lunch. That's that's my routine. And that's, that's what works for me. But we're all on our own journey. You yeah. just need to start where you are and not compare yourselves to other people and not say, well, I want to get to that point. You just start where you are and do the work that you can do mm. and, and notice the changes that it makes in your life. But uh, also, <laughs> the, the book that you're reading, I, I have to admit, the, the book that I'm reading, Is the Frogman comic? (laughs) I got this. It got this sent to me by an uh, an old friend the other day. I mean, it's it's an original, like uh, Frogman comic, and it's 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 awesome. There's no meditation
1: in it, though. (laughs) Slightly different.
0: Yes, slightly different. Probably
1: more entertaining than the book that I've been reading.
0: It is. It is fun. I just leave it. I leave it sitting here on my desk to remind me. Even though I I may not be uh, swimming in dark murky waters anymore, I'm still a Frogman at heart.
1: I know. Even though I'm like I, I'm I'm going on a trip next week with a handful of buddies and their families, and they're they're going to do some like shooting instruction for some oh, other nice. kind of civilian friends. Yep. And I had to like be honest. I'm like, hey man, like I don't even shoot much anymore. Right. I don't really do a lot of any the thing, any of the things that I used to do. Right. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: I've got a buddy out here in Colorado Springs. Uh, you know, former team guy, um, sniper had all the cool like enlisted schools. And uh he like, hey man, uh, maybe we can get together and do some security consulting. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that, that is so far from what I even know anymore. Oh, yeah. If, if you want me to show you how to do a PowerPoint, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, anyhow, um, so the work you're doing now, I mentioned C4 Foundation, uh, yeah. what, what is the C4 Foundation and what is the work that you're doing uh, for, for that organization?
1: Yeah, so C-4 Foundation uh, is named after Charlie Keating IV. So Charlie was uh, a new guy in my sister platoon when I was a platoon commander at SEAL Team 3. Um, awesome guy, you know, just goofy, fun, you know, competent, uh, but just a, a very light, happy soul. And, uh, you know, we deployed on on, on that deployment together and then I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, I had gotten out and, and ultimately Charlie continued on and, and, you know, made several other deployments to Afghanistan and then ultimately to Mosul, Iraq and was, was killed four years ago. So, you know, we lost Chuck, um, you know, four years ago and his family decided that they wanted to do something, you know, kind of preserve his legacy. And they started the C4 foundation and, you know, like a lot of, you know, these, these foundations, you know, they were trying to figure out how are we going to be different or how can we make uh, an impact uh, on something that, you know, Charlie would be proud of and his family would be proud of, uh, you know, having his legacy involved with. And what it has, I guess, uh, morphed into is the C4 Ranch. So uh, that is like the centerpiece of the foundation now. And it's a 560 acre piece of property about an hour and a half from San Diego um, with the intent of becoming a, a sanctuary for SEAL families uh, to strengthen their connection uh, to each other internally and then strengthen their connection to other families uh, within the community and and, t- and typically like through within their unit their troop um, to create those lasting bonds that you know not only can can the operators lean on through their time on active duty, but you know, the spouses and the kids can lean on, you know, during deployments. And then the way I see it, and the reason I, I you know, fell in love with the concept and, and ultimately stepped into the you know, kind of the committed role that I'm in right now, uh, you know, beyond the fact that I love his dad, uh, Charlie Keating III, I, I consider him a, a father. Um, I just, I have seen the power of connection in my life as somebody that has been out of the military for a while, struggled, and has found probably my deepest healing, um, you know, reconnecting with my brothers, you know, that I served with overseas. And and the power of connection, you know, that's, that's the medicine for me that has been more powerful than anything else. And I, I see an opportunity with the C4 Foundation and the ranch to start planting those seeds early uh, and give guys that gift, the gift that they don't even know they're getting uh, that will, you know, yield, you know, immense benefits, you know, 5, 10, 15 plus years down the road. So that's, that's the goal. You know, this, the, the ranch itself, uh, we have animals um, you know, it's, there's two homes. We're building all these safari tents so we can house like a troop size uh, element with their families. And uh, I think we connected uh, through Paul Polakowski at, yeah. uh, at Co Future uh, Foundation, and Paul just said, "Hey, you need to talk to John. He's involved with a program that's teaching meditation to veterans, and and it it could be a perfect uh, a perfect addition to the work that you guys are doing at the ranch." And I, I couldn't agree more. And it, and it led to this conversation today, and you know, hopefully it will lead to many more conversations.
0: Oh, guaranteed. As a matter of fact, I was talking with Dave Drake, our executive director yesterday, and he's like, Hey, we just need to get on a plane to fly out to San Diego. Cause there's, there's a lot of things out there that we want to bring veterans path to. And a lot of things out there that we want to bring to veterans path. And it just, there's a natural connection there between what you guys are doing and what you're wanting to do. Um, and what we're doing and what we want to do. So it's just a matter of time, man. We may just crash your head. <laughs>
1: I love it, man. I mean, yeah, we would, uh, we would love to host you guys up at the ranch and, you know, I think that it would be a great opportunity to present the concept of meditation, yeah. um, to, to families, to operators. And I mean, there's so much to be gained, right? I mean, even for the guy that, you know, still is, is going into combat, it, it makes you a better version of yourself, right? More capable, yeah. you know, being able to control your emotions, uh, is, is probably the thing that you know we all want to be able to do in a high stress environment so you know being able to present meditation in a uh at a place like the ranch where you're not at Disneyland you're <laughs> among, you're amongst your your people in a secluded area and you can you can i guess it's like a uh dipping your toe into the waters of vulnerability and and being okay you know yeah. embracing something that isn't shooting at the range jumping out of planes or you know taking zodiacs out to sea
0: right right and you know something that i i think we have to how we frame meditation and mindfulness to to the military or to seals uh specifically or special operations specifically is is um the performance enhancing side you know, mm-hmm. the there are performance enhancements that come with it in that you're thinking more clearly you're more focused that OODA loop it, I, yep. I it speeds up so you're a- absolutely able to uh, orient yourself make the decisions analyze and then cont- continue to do that um, so when I tell people that they're like well how does it make you a better operator well it, it makes you more aware of your emotions it makes you better able to control those emotions and perhaps on the battlefield you you may not be necessarily a better shooter or you know a better runner and gunner, but you may make better decisions out there in mm. that you may not shoot when you don't have to, and in not shooting when you don't have to, that can deescalate something that never should have escalated to the point of of actual hmm. action. So that's that's what I always tell people, and they're like, okay, well yeah, I can see that, and then and then they afterwards then they start to you know after they practice for a while specifically to enhance their performance, then they start getting these other benefits. They're like, oh, I pay more attention to my my wife and kids. And family connection is stronger and and this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, that's- Oh, that's awesome. which by the way, in turn allows you to focus more intently on your job because life at home is better, right? You're, right. If you have those deeper connections and you feel loved and you you can spend quality time, with people when you're when you are off duty right when you're at home yes. i mean then your your mind is clear you're able right. to be able to be wholly focused on the task at hand and you know hey we're we all uh could consider ourselves leaders you know in in military units you know i i'm a firm believer that everybody is leading right in their own way yeah. and you know the number one quality that i always wanted to embody as a leader is is humility and, and calm, right. To be able to be that, that, that sense of calm in a, in a chaotic situation where people around me can look at me and feel that calm and, and be able to make more coherent, um, more productive, effective decisions when typically people are, are not making those type of decisions yeah, and man. things can spiral in the wrong direction. Totally. Um,
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the memories that I have specifically, I was, I was augmenting um, Damnek for, for deployment as with Coleman Ruiz. I love, I, I
1: I, by the way, I just connected with Coleman for the first time like two weeks ago and he is an amazing human being.
0: He is man. Like um, when this was 2007, I was on that deployment with him. He was the the troop commander and, and um, they lost Badger. And I remember I, I wasn't on the operation. I was back in the jock working the operation center, and I remember him coming over the, the radio saying, "Hey, we've got one friendly killed in action," and he he said it like calm as anything. Like you would never mm-hmm. have known that that was happening on the battlefield unless you listened to the words. And yeah, that man. that is what I envision leaders are like, I, I have the utmost respect for Coleman because I think he's an incredible leader, but that, that particular moment sticks out in my head. I'm like, wow, he really nailed what being a leader on the battlefield is like mm. you need to be calm when the bullets are flying. You need to be that pa- person who is keeping your wits about you, staying with the the rational part of your brain and not letting the the amygdala hijack what, what is going on. <laughs> So, um, sorry that, oh man,
1: no, dude, I think it's such a, I mean, I think it was like a gift to the conversation, bringing Coleman's name up because he is a committed, uh, meditator. Um, really? Oh, 100% man. And he's, I I mean, we've connected on, on that topic, uh, specifically. So yeah, he's, he's an amazing person. Um, he's somebody that I have, uh, respected from afar because I never had a chance to meet him. Right. And, you know, I, I was able to finally connect in person and, uh, he exceeded all expectations. He's just a tremendous individual, um, committed to meditation. He absolutely believes in it. And, uh, you know, that, Hey, it's, it, it's, it's proof, uh, yet another, uh, uh, proof of concept that, you know, Col- Coleman is a, he's about as alpha as they come, right. He was, a a a, a tremendous collegiate. Uh, Wrestler at the Naval Academy, you know, served in in kind of coveted positions of leadership within our community. You know, people look up to him, uh, officer and enlisted alike, and he meditates and he's better for it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I don't know that there's anybody that I've ever spoken to that has a regular practice that has not said they are better for that practice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to connect with Coleman sometimes. You
1: you should, man. (laughs)
0: man um if uh, if people wanted to learn more about you connect with you outside of this this podcast what's the best way for them to get a hold of you
1: um so i'm on instagram i don't use it regularly uh but i i try to just because i i have another company so i'm i'm kind of forced to be on social media yeah. i i have my own uh my own opinions uh related to social media uh, you know but uh with that that aside um i'm uh, at nick underscore norris nineteen eighty one um but if you look up Nick norris you probably will see me i have a c four uh my my c k roman numeral ford t shirt on in my picture so i'm easy to pick out um, and then uh at protect life uh so my my new company is protect products uh wellness company uh, we have sunscreen and a line of supplements that were focused uh really? That are focused on building a routine of hydration uh, and improving sleep. So nice. s- simple habits, simple products, uh, effective results. And at Protect Life is our Instagram handle there. Nice. Uh, so you can always reach me uh, via Protect.
0: I think uh, I think I actually hit you up on that uh, a couple weeks ago when you posted something. So I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I
1: mean, there's I mean, you-, you know, yeah, very simple stuff. I mean, like uh, you know from like a meditation standpoint, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, the first product we launched on the supplement side was a lion's mane mushroom complex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, namely because of, you know, I've been exposed to blast. I, you know, I've, I've suffered, I guess my own fair share of, uh, M right. And, uh, you know, lion's mane has been shown to, you know, help in with myelin, uh, regrowth and regeneration. So like the, the insulating layer on like your neurons. Um, so I, I feel like I'm a prime candidate for Alzheimer's, dementia, that type of stuff, because of what I've been exposed to. Uh, and, you know, if there's something that I could do to potentially uh, postpone some of those effects, uh, that, that's, that's what I want to do. So that, that was the first product. And that's the reason um, we kind of went down this path of, you know, products that are going to help people with cognitive health and, and overall kind of mental health. Awesome, man.
0: That's uh that's exciting for you and uh, let me know if I can help out in any way with with that or with the C four Foundation that that Mm -hmm. that definitely some more conversations to be had guaranteed so yep now you know how to get a hold of Nick you've heard about the C four Foundation Nick is there anything else that you would like our listeners to hear that we haven't covered
1: uh you know I'd say you know the the common thread between kind of the things that I'm doing C four Foundation and Protect is is getting outside you know, time spent in nature. And, you know, if there's one thing that I can recommend to people, especially right now, you know, there's so much noise out there and so much distraction, it's, you know, unplug, you know, get away from your your screen and and get out into, you know, in the nature, into the wilderness. You know, that's what we're doing up at the ranch. Uh, that's what, you know, our brand is, is really promoting and the athletes that, that, you know, we have supporting us. And I think that there's so much uh, healing and and benefit to being outside and just doing something as simple as you know getting out and, and going for a hike in the woods or the mountains and uh, you know kind of centering yourself you know you don't have to sit in the lotus position with your eyes closed <laughs> to be meditating I think it's very meditative to be out in in the wild uh, absolutely
0: that's why I am in Colorado Springs uh, because I love it. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm sitting I, indoors right now, but yeah, I'm looking out at the Garden of the Gods, out this window, and getting out into nature is one of my favorite things to do. And that's one of the things that Veterans Path is is a big proponent of in that we we teach mindfulness and meditation, and that's typically taught in outdoor settings because of the healing properties of being outdoors in nature.
1: Oh, dude, I love it, man. I I, I may be out in Colorado at some point in the next couple of years. Uh, no, I, no, I, I, yeah, that's, you know, for me, that... That's a place that I've always wanted to live. I, I love the mountains more than anything else. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, I live in San Diego. I'm so close to the ocean and I drive to the mountains every weekend. <laughs> so I go the opposite direction.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I understand that, man. Well, Nick, this has been a blast, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your message. Uh, I know, as I, as I tell most of my uh, guests, that your message will resonate with our listeners. And, you know, if one person, if it connects with them and allows them to start meditating or maybe they connect with the C4 foundation, then this has been well worth our time. So mm. thank, thank you.
1: Oh, dude. Thank you, man. Uh, I totally appreciate it, John. It's just awesome reconnecting with you, brother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You too, man. So until we speak again, stay safe and stay healthy, brother. You too, bro. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving
1: and saving lives.